Welcome to SaaS Talks from Lead to Close, where I'll be sharing with you everything that I've learned to close leads. I went from quitting my first sales job because I was too scared to talk to strangers to becoming a VP of sales for multiple tech startups where I built a sales team from scratch and led them to an acquisition. I'll teach you how to schedule more demos on your calendars, close at least 50% of your demos, and build a pipeline large enough so you're always hitting quota. If you're looking to scale, then turn the volume up. All right, everybody, we have today another special monthly guest, Dwayne Dufault. His company is selling SaaS. He works with B2B SaaS companies to increase revenue. He's also the host of the Sales Leader Network podcast, also a very good friend. Um, it's funny, I actually met Dwayne when I was evaluating conversation intelligence solutions, and the company put me in touch with him, and we just stayed in touch. Yeah. Um, yeah. So the problem that what we're going to talk about today is there's a, there's a problem with PLG companies, and it's sort of like, topic that's popping up on LinkedIn, Twitter, et cetera. Um, and PLG companies typically have two types of leads. Yeah, sure, they have more, but the two most common ones are leads that are requesting a demo and leads that are signing up for a free trial. And the problem is sales reps actually struggle to properly approach and handle a lead that signed up for a free trial because they're actually approaching it in the same traditional way that they would approach just someone that's requesting a demo. And there's a little bit of a disconnect. So Dwayne's going to talk about tactically how to approach leads that are coming in from a free trial and how that is different than a typical demo request. Um, I'll stay true to the episode, um, the monthly specials, 20 minutes on the clock. Dwayne, do you have the floor? Awesome. Morn, always appreciate kind words. And uh, honestly, I always forget how we got introduced since that was a good memory. Um, But yeah, the the traditional approach, right? A, A lead comes into the website, they request some information. And by some way, shape, or form, either by an automatic follow-up email, you get in touch with them, you call them, whatever the case may be, you get them on a meeting where you demo them. Um, and in, unfortunately, a lot of reps still don't treat that as an opportunity to do a discovery. They just go straight into a feature dump. So with product-led growth companies, we run into the issue of you have marketing and product-led outreach to a certain extent to drive usage and drive people to get into to get into the product. So when, when a prospect wants a demo, most reps will demo either some form of fake account, like enterprise companies that I've seen a lot, they'll have like this generic version of the account that allows you to click through things. Yeah. That's essentially the prospect could do under certain levels of guidance, but you'll have reps that come in and they'll, it's like an interactive slide deck to a certain extent. And they'll just talk to that as Mm -hmm. they're talking to the prospect all the while this person is actually in their own account. So on the, and the other side, what I've seen more often is they'll have the sales rep will have their own test version of their software. And this thing is built out to the nth degree every setting, every feature, all of the data, every single use case you can possibly imagine is built out in this program. And so they get all excited, Jojo the jumping bean, they just fucking get in there and they just start rapid firing. They share their screen. They have the mobile app on one side. They have the admin side on the other. And they're just like, oh, here, how you do this over here. And then you go over it. And they go through this entire workflow, all showing the power that is that software. Now, that could be beneficial 
if you understand how that person is using the app in the first place. If you pause for half a second when someone gets on the phone with you and you're doing a demo of your software, you need to bring up that conversation. When you share your screen, you need to be showing them their account. You, you really want to bring up what they've done in the app so far, the trigger points that they've, that they've gone through, how they set up the account, what have they done? Like really walk them through their own account. It's like a combination of a discovery and a demo because you're showing them exactly what they've done up to that point. And if you don't do that and you jump right into your amazing account, it's, it's a different version of the fire hose effect. You're showing them all of the things that they potentially don't need. The glory of having a trial, that someone's active in a trial and you're, you're sorry, you're, you're saying that the issues you may show, show them something they don't need. You're referring to if yeah. you're decking out your entire product on your end and then showing yeah. that to them. You're talking about that. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Cause you're, let's just say, for example, they, they come in and they set up one particular feature. Let's just use HubSpot as an example. Everyone knows HubSpot. They come in and they do a trial. They've got two to three weeks of that trial and they're coming in on the, on the sales hub and they've set up sequences. If I'm a sales rep in that situation, in a traditional sense, I'm going to show them the demo of HubSpot marketing, HubSpot service, HubSpot sales, HubSpot CMS, all mm -hmm. of that stuff. And then I'm going to show them how with the operations hub, you can automatically decapitalize signup forms to make it clean data. And I'm the person on the back end who has barely set up my first sequence in HubSpot. It's like, yep. I, I am overwhelmed. Nine times out of 10, this is the first time I'm looking at a piece of technology like this, not coming from another one. Um, and so I need to be shown how to utilize and optimize the thing I'm already familiar with. So there's that part of building that rapport and familiarity when you show them their own account. When you, it's just like in the discovery process, when you ask specific questions that are relevant to them, you build that, that relationship with them. You build that credibility so they know that you know what they know. And when you do that, you have that level of rapport that you can then push them forward on. So when you do that in a SaaS environment, in PLG, and you bring up their account, it's like you instantly create that relationship in that conversation and allows you to start from their ground zero. Yep. So when you, when you come in with your overly built out account, get all the things hooked up and all that stuff, you're making them jump to your level of experience with your own app. When you bring up their account, you're meeting them where they're at in their process. It's in that we can talk about when people come in as a lead for a product-led growth, growth company, and let's just say your marketing team only provides trials instead of requests or downloads or demos, you'll run into a situation where you call on that trial and they're like, we're just doing our research. Yep. And if you continue to push them into a demo or to close, that pushes them away because we're just doing, they're not ready for that. So you have to meet them where they're at. And so when you get into a demo situation and you're calling into a trial, you need to bring up their account. You need to have that ready to go. And if they don't have anything built out, who cares? Because the fact that they don't have it built out means they need your help even more getting to that first step. So when you're to kind of bring it all back, you need to have their account set up. You need to have their account pulled up, ready to go. You need to do the research in their trial account before you jump on the call. When you Secondly, say do, do the research in their trial account prior to actually jumping on the call? 
with them? Yeah, yeah. And research on what specific on their trial account. So when, and I probably could have said this earlier, but when you, before you get into the demo, but just like any, any sales conversation, you want to do a little bit of research before you call them. Before you share your screen that has their account on it, know what they've done. Don't let that be the first time that you're going through their account with them on the phone. You shouldn't have any surprises in that conversation. Yeah. You should know the settings. You should know the users. You should know the basics of what they've done in the account, how they've interacted with it. Yep. Um, if, you, if you understand the, if you could see their marketing behavior, like if you have like, for example, HubSpot, if they've interacted with marketing campaigns, if they clicked on other things, if they downloaded other stuff, you need to have that. Not because you're going to talk about it, but you're going to understand where their level of technical ability is leading. Into. Yeah, that, that's that's a big one, right? Just to like sort of like riff on that for a second. Yeah, it, it, I know this is not the subject of this where you're talking mm -hmm. about like free trials, mm -hmm. but even if you get, you get a demo request and after the demo, uh, sorry, you get get a demo request, you do a mm -hmm. demo, then they set up a free trial, and now they have a seven day, fourteen day free trial, thirty day free trial, whatever it yeah. is, then your follow-ups should be sort of predicated based on their activity that mm -hmm. you and whatever talks and conversation you had during the demo. But also if you can look into your SM and everybody should have access to see their activity in, in the CRM yep. to see what they're doing. And then maybe if, if you notice that they haven't connected to QuickBooks online, let's just say that's an integration yeah. or they did, then you can send them maybe a little tutorial on that. Yeah. So the, the bit, one of the biggest differences uh, with a product led growth sales strategy is you have you as a sales rep, you have to have absolute connectivity to the whole buyer's journey. Right. If if you're not in SaaS and you can't see that information, you can you can get away with a marketing funnel and then a BDR creating opportunity and then the AE coming in and doing a slight discovery and demo and then handing off to customer success. You can kind of get away with a little bit less shareable information. But when you're in a product-led growth situation, that customer has had a ton of interaction with your brand, with your product. And so they, you have to understand what they've interacted with from a marketing perspective. Where did they come from? Did they come from a campaign that is really specific to, let's use HubSpot as an example. Let's, did they come in from a campaign that was very marketing automation centered, but they've only interacted with sales? That's a red flag for me and an opportunity to do cross-sell uh, discovery during the demo. As in like where the where on the marketing spectrum did they actually click to actually set up a free trial? Yeah, so with, with HubSpot, we can riff on that for half a second. With HubSpot, you can see if the marketing person is set up correctly, you can see the campaigns that they've interacted with in the, in the contact activity view. So you can, in, in, you can set up tasks and automated and follow, not follow, but automated tasks to show up to where um, X contact was created from X campaign. This is a valuable blah, blah, blah. So you can really see and get pinpointed and targeted on how you interact with a customer when you're on the phone. So having that information when you get into the demo is really, really important. So you can be relevant as soon as possible. So that way you can get to the meat, you can get to the information, you really show them what's valuable. So if you haven't seen that stuff, if this is the first time that you're interacting with the customer and the customer data, they're going to be able to feel it. You're not going to be as effective. You're going to be fumbling around in the account. You should know everything there is to know about that prospect days, maybe not days, but before you get into that call. Yeah. Question. It sounds like... Um the disco that you would go through on a call with a prospect that set up a free trial versus the disco that you go through with a prospect that set up a demo mm -hmm. is similar, but there is, I would imagine, and I know for a fact, cause I 
sold yep. in this environment. Yeah. Um, there are questions that you would ask on a free trial lead versus a demo lead. What are some and a, what are some or one or two discovery questions that would only apply to a situation where you're talking to a lead that requests that signed up for a free trial versus so that's lead. pre pre trial start po, post trial they they created, oh, so they're, they're they're created trial. trial yeah downloaded okay. free trial so you kind of have to one discovery questions are interesting because they're so situational but my i think about it as frameworks more than a specific question you want to ask about their specific use case in that part of the app before they become a lead, you're going to have more general open-ended targeted questions about their business situation, what kind of, you know, what kind of things have they done in the past. When they're in the trial, you want to really focus your questions around the outcome they're hoping to get from that specific thing they're doing. So, for example, in HubSpot, the reference earlier was sequencing. So if they're if they've already set up a sequence in their trial, day three or four in, I'm wondering. <clears throat> What have they done in the past for sales automated follow-up? Have they used other tools around that? What kind of problems are they are experiencing now that makes them want to switch to a tool like HubSpot? And what are they hoping to get from it? So my, with, with software, you have the opportunity to ask a lot of discovery questions to qualify an opportunity into a trial. Once they're in the trial, it, if they've actually done anything in it, it really helps you narrow down what your focus is going to be. So you want to take the same kind of framework and discovery of like, how'd you get here? What have you done? What's your experience and why? But really bring it down on those specifics that you can see in the app. So the goal there is to get relevant and impactful as soon as possible to build a relationship, unpack that value, help them understand how it's going to help them. And then from there, you can expand into other things. You if tell them that you have like, you tell them that like, hey, I noticed that you, oh yeah, uh, like, because I, I would imagine, I remember when I was first selling into the space, when I was 26, maybe yeah. 34 now, I asked to see, I'm like, yeah, but isn't it like, you know, private or stalkery or creepy that I know <laughs> what they're doing internally and like, shouldn't it, you know, only they have access. So like, what are your, what are your thoughts on that? How should someone say that? So it's a really good question because it comes up often when I coach teams on this particular topic or follow-up or, or marketing teams. We're in the modern age. Everything is technology driven. If they have Facebook on their phone, they shouldn't be uncomfortable when you ask them these questions. And, and if they if, don't have Facebook on their phone. Right, right. <laughs> <laughs> Some industries they sell on this are really you know, different niches. But if the be transparent with them. You're like, hey, this is what we do. We're a technology company. So we, we want to make sure that we can understand what you're doing in the app to help you the best that we can to move you forward. So it's you have to communicate it to them and hit approach it right out of the gate. You don't want it to be like this weird topic beating around you, the bush. Yeah, like you say something and then they're thinking like you, how do you know? Exactly. You don't want that. You want to be upfront and transparent with them and communicate with them, but let them know if that's that's what it should be like. Like if if they're working with tech companies that can't see what they're doing inside of their app, there's a problem. When when you have conversations like that, uh, you need just be upfront with them, be transparent, tell them why They're like, Hey, I'm not doing this because I can sell you something. I want to make sure that we're proactive in, in helping you become successful long-term with this app rather than just trying to get you in. Um, and yeah. it's, it's never really failed. It's, it's never gone bad. The only time it's gone bad is when you deliver it like an asshole, like in most things, if you deliver it like that, it goes bad, but it's, it helps break the ice on stuff. It helps create a different relationship that you have with that prospect because then when you set that standard and precedent 
in that conversation, you can send them additional follow-up, be like, hey, you haven't done X like we talked about in the demo. How can I help you do that? Then they know that you know. And so there's a different level of accountability when they know you can see that stuff. So it's, it, it's, there's a combination of things you really got to do during that conversation, whether it's in the initial discovery, but especially in the demo, when you show them their own account, you're either going to show them something that's completely blank and needs to get built out or something they've done some work in. But from that visual, they should know like you can see it. Yeah. I'd, I'd also recommend potentially doing two demos. So the initial demo mm-hmm. is on their account. It's, high, it's sort of high level, but very specific yep. to the use case. Yep. And then the second demo actually treat it like a training yep. where you're like, all right, let's set up another call and we'll actually go. This is going to be the homework based on our initial call. Yeah. I did that a lot at the first company that I worked at yeah. as a first SaaS company I was a VP of sales at. We did yeah. that a lot um, and it worked really well. The concern for someone would be like, yeah, but it elongates the sales cycle. Sure, maybe a little bit, but it also increases your conversions. I, I highly recommend that, especially as you're working in different segments. So that's going to be kind of the second part to all of this is, okay, now you've shown them their account. What if it's not built out? What if they haven't done certain things and they need right. to based on the discovery? Perfect. So this is when you actually do have your well-built out account set aside because you want to show them what it could be like. Most companies, the reps will just jump straight to that, right? Talk mm. about Keenan. You want to show them the gap. You want to show them the future state, but you can't have them see what's happening now before you jump to that. A lot of people skip over that. So you, after you go through their own setup, show them what they're doing, what they're not doing, figure out what needs to happen in order for them to do it. Then you show them what it's going to be like once you do it. And that's when you have that built out account and you show them what's built out based on what they need. This isn't the, the ticket to go and show them the whole thing again. It's not a buffet line. Now, okay, you're in their account. You know what their order is. You know, they've looked at the menu. Here's what they want. Now, when you show them the account, you show them what, it should look like when it's done. And you said something really important there, the homework. So this is the situation where follow-up and follow-through is really, really important in a product-led growth. Because they're in a trial, they have access to the account and they know what good looks like because you just showed them. Now it's up to you to make sure you have expectations and action clearly stated before you get off the call, clearly stated. And then you follow up on that, not once, but multiple times. If they need another demo, it's okay. It's okay. If they need another walkthrough, another visual and what it is, nine times out of 10, you don't have to do a demo. You just send a video. Right. Use like a Loom video or a Vidyard or a Drift, whatever you use to show them how to do it. You can nudge them in the right direction. Yeah. But you, you can't do that demo without either one of those. They need to be together. So I, you I, have... Go ahead. Yeah, go ahead. I cut you off. Go finish. Because I had a thought pops up, but I'll I can hold it. Don't worry. <laughs> You're fine. Uh, two sales guys on a call. So it's <laughs> you. You have to come in knowing what's going on in the account, and then you have to show them the current status of their account, and then show them what it could be like with follow up. So like three primary things you really got to do effectively on a demo inside of a product led growth strategy. Yeah, and and to your point, right? If you're going to show them the the future how it could look like if they were to use it properly. Um, in order to prep that for the demo, to like have that readily available so you can quickly show it mm-hmm. and for it to make sense, you should be, like you said, go look into their account in terms of like internally CRM and see, did they do anything? If they didn't, then yeah. that is like the if and then scenario. If they didn't do anything in their account, then make sure you have this readily available. If they do have it in their account and they're really active in the account, maybe you don't need to show your your side of the demo. Um, 
There's yeah. nothing that I was thinking about. Um, the other fun part about showing them the built-out account is you help disqualify them from the app altogether. Mm. Everybody thinks that since they got on a demo and it's a product-led growth, they're in the trial, they should be a customer. That's what I was going to. Yeah, it's exactly what I was thinking, actually. Yeah. Uh, yeah, free trial, like you said, they're just if they're all, like that company you're mentioning, they only offer free trials, then yeah. how do you determine which one is a serious buyer with an intent to buy yeah. to purchase or not? And if the only option for them is to sign up for free trial, then you're going to get a lot of leads, but a lot of shit yes. in between. Yes. So I worked for a company that was their only method of lead was a trial. And there was a mindset before I came on board that more trials equal more money. Like, well, no, right. um, they were running ads on Facebook that were generating 300 trials a month. Great looking marketing information. Woo, they were hitting their KPIs. On average, they got one customer from that. It was like, uh, no, they, they're because they're those ads and the way to generate that trial was all intent-based ads. There was right. no education path. There was no nothing. And so the only way they can do their, their research on the, on the software was getting into a trial. And so we'd have constant conversations of um, trying, to, trying to get in contact with them, doing some, some discovery, trying to show them that. And they're like, we're literally trying to do our research and this is yeah. the only way. Like I heard that so many times on a Lego's call AI system. Like it was just like, oh, back then it was refract, but it was like, it was crazy. So you have to, you really have to meet the buyers where they're at, but to add some color to where they're at, like, what do they want to do if they're qualified? So the activity, this is where full cycle sales comes, comes in, into play. And it's really important when, when you have a two week trial, having an SDR and account executive and process really gums up the works. Yep. That's when you get trial extensions and unnecessary things. Um, and so you want to segment your activity and how you spend your time based on lead. Like SMB, maybe don't do a full demo. Mid-market, you can do a demo. But like an enterprise, I hope you're talking to them before they get into a trial and they made me multiple demos. Um, so it's not one size fits all, but you can do a demo based on that framework what he's talked about. Uh, and have a lot more success, but you can disqualify them from that future state too, because you need to make sure that whatever you're showing them is what they need for their business and let them know it's okay if it's not. Yeah. Cool. So I believe we are pretty much mm -hmm. out of time. So I want to um, mm -hmm. highlight sort of the takeaways here and correct yeah. me where I messed up. Um, for the for AEs listening to this and any founders, it's pretty much the same here and managers. It, uh, leads come in as a free trial before you actually contact them or even try to schedule a demo, look into your internal CRM, whatever you have analytics to see their level of activity. Mm -hmm. If their level of activity is high, pay attention to what particular activity they're using, like what within the software are they using, and yeah. then speak to that when you do a demo. If they don't mm -hmm. do any activity, then have a, um, a your product like set up all, yeah. all decked out, readily available on the call. Yeah. Um, and then your discovery questions for these types of leads is really contingent on how active and what, what activity they're doing and then where they came from within the marketing funnel, whether they clicked on an article about mm -hmm. XYZ, then you can talk to that and find out why they clicked on that. So yeah, 100%. Cool. Do you want to add anything else and or leave the audience with sort of like how they can find you? Time to pitch yourself kind of thing. <laughs> uh, one thing I'll say is incorporating product-led growth in sales is not an easy task. 
it's it doesn't happen overnight you have to un, you have to be able to collect all the data you possibly can be patient but then understand what to do with that data once you're in there um i've made complete shifts in lead flows complete shifts in how we approach certain leads and prospects um and it's resulted in shitty results but then most of the time it's resulted in, in really big revenue growth um seen some really cool stuff happen to it uh, but i've seen sales reps not get thrilled because we remove certain lead flows and lead processes and stuff um but it's it's not a one-size-fits-all it's really really specific on type of software you have what is the complexity type of sales process like it, it it's again it doesn't happen overnight so if you want to incorporate product-led growth and a sales-led motion just know there isn't a single book that's going to show you how to do it. There isn't a single course yet that's going to show you how to do it. Um, so it's, it's got to have patience going into them for sure. And then I talk a lot about sales leadership as well as product-led growth sales strategies on LinkedIn. Um, there's more stuff to come from that, but you can always go to my website, DwayneDefault.com and pretty much everything. What about TikTok, man? You got you to throw Oh gosh, TikTok. So I do have a TikTok <laughs> where I primarily talk about sales leadership, really try to get tactical on that stuff. Seems that there's more, more mindset from a sales leadership perspective that's doing well on TikTok, but that is there. Um, that is what's the, what's the handle on TikTok? I think it's just my name. It's the sales leadership coach is yeah. the handle on TikTok. But I think if you search my name, it comes up too. I wish I knew more about how to do better TikTok content. I'm learning, um, but it's, it's interesting. I fought that for the longest time. And then finally a friend of mine was like, dude, the reach is insane. I was like, all right, cool. It is so, insane. First couple of videos, I had a, like a thousand views. I was like, oh shit, all right, let's do this thing. Um, and my friend, she had, she told a story about how she was fired as an executive. And that sucker had like 300,000 views or something. And that was like her second video on there. I'm like, oh my gosh. So it's just, yeah. it's the wild, wild west of like self-branding and marketing and all that stuff out there. It's uh, pretty cool to watch. So if you're not on it, get on it and have some fun with it. Yeah, awesome. Thanks. And I'll, and I'll put, um, obviously your link to your LinkedIn All the and links your and podcast. Stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Totally. Awesome. It's been Thanks, great. Man. More. I appreciate it. Thanks for listening to today's episode. If you found this relevant or practical at all, then please share this episode until next time. I'm your host, more Asuline.